0: This is Pixelated Audio episode 99, featuring the music from The Adventures of Little Ralph on the PlayStation.
1: back to the video game music and retro gaming podcast pixelated audio i'm james and this is brian and we also have gene with us here today hey everybody
2: how's it going
1: guys yeah i'm
2: excited because today uh, we're talking about a game that james and i have been wanting to do an episode on for uh, gotta be the better part of a year now yeah,
1: at least six months yeah
0: and uh you know we had gene give it a shot what'd you think i loved it i you know i think we talked about this a little off air but Nobody had really heard much about it before we started playing, you know, sort of a fairly new one on our radar, and it was a really pleasant surprise. Yeah,
2: so great soundtrack, mm-hmm. uh, great gameplay. Chipoke Ralph no is a game that... I think uh, everybody can enjoy, especially if you grew up with the platforms Mario, uh, Wonder Boy series, anything like that really falls directly under that vein. The music is incredible, so we we got a lot to listen to today and a lot to explore.
1: Yeah, the track that brought us in was the title theme called Start Our Adventure, and then we went directly into the Stage 1-1 theme, which was called Departure. This track is uh, well. The, you know, that
2: first kind of opening is is very cinematic, and it's, mm. it's kind of short. So we, we jumped directly into the the stage track after that. That stage track though is so full of uh, like happiness and like yeah. this childhood kind of like fantasy feeling. I yeah. don't know. I liked it.
1: Even that the stage track felt very cinematic to me. It, it reminded me of something from like an RPG where you'd go into the the very first town or like uh, something like Lunar, like, those I was characters just like say characters like flying around and they're kind of giving you like a overview of what you might see. Kind of like a Maribia kind of
2: yeah. vibe to it, yeah. The other thing uh, I liked about this track is it kind of reminded me of Tomba. Do you guys play Tomba? Oh, yeah. yeah, I've I been playing Tomba
1: recently actually. It, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of has that
2: like kind of almost slapstick like sound to it, yeah. you know what I mean? Very playful and energetic, and very lighthearted.
0: Yeah, it just feels fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote it out. It's it's got all of the usual tropes. It's peppy. It's upbeat. It sounds like you're going out on an, on an adventure, and it's just so like it, I smile every time I play the first level, and on this one's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you, the character movements are kind of goofy and like like almost. Robotic and, yeah. and and silly looking, and this song, as you play, it's almost like this funny dance.
1: Yeah, there it's, is like a um, an overall kind of cuteness to this game that I can I can kind of see going with a little bit of like a Tomba feel with like the some of the enemy types are very cute and. Uh, some of the other uh, visual things. So uh, I did feel like this song did have a little bit of a weak kind of drum and bass section that I would have liked to see him pepped up a little bit. But all in all, it was a, a very fun track that was, it, I would love to listen to over and over. So Yeah. So let's talk about this
2: game a little bit. Chipoke Ralph no Daibouken or The Adventures of Little Ralph is a 2D action platformer released on June 3rd of 1999 right at the tail end of the PlayStation's kind of official lifespan. Right. Uh, both developed and published by new corporation for the Sony PlayStation. Now, this is, this is very early. I believe one of the earliest retro throwback games that fully kind of intended to mimic that 8 and 16-bit style of gameplay uh, that came out just a generation before it.
1: Yeah, I mean, when the PlayStation came out, everything was 3D, 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 and so to it, see it a game polygons. that was all 2D it was really cool to yeah, see.
2: Yeah, everything was going the polygon route you needed to have something that was like on the edge of what the technology could do. And everybody was making that jump. And it was really the craze. Everybody, you were buying up everything. Yeah. That, everything was 3d. Yeah. Like Bubsy. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you had like Parasite E, final fantasy, like, uh, I and mean, we did wild arms and that has some really ugly 3d in it and oh. it would have been much better probably as 2d, but I mean, everything had that, that feel, which now is charming. Uh, you know, back then it was cutting edge, then it got really ugly and it didn't, you know, age very well, but now it's kind of charming again. But to see at the end of the system, them say, you know what, let's do some, some 2d throwbacks. Some games aged. Okay.
2: You know, Mm -hmm. in, in the 3d realm, you look at like doom stuff like it because of the way that they, they did like the, um, sprite mapping and stuff against, you know, textures, everything kind of worked, but like games like yeah, like Wild Arms, like that, the battle sequences and stuff. Ooh, God, that's... Yeah.
1: Um, oh, like yeah. Final Gosh-y. Fantasy Nine still looks great, but Final Fantasy 7 you have to have a, a taste for it. Y- y- you have to have like a prior a- yeah.
0: appreciation. I mean, it was a bit of an awkward transition. Everybody was going from 2D to 3D, and people were just trying to figure out what worked, and a lot of it didn't, but... <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like starting all over again, yeah.
0: Yeah. But anyways,
2: um music. So I think what... Is is really awesome about the soundtrack and what makes it stand out what makes the game stand out is more than just being this incredible platformer It's the soundtrack and it's the soundtrack's not only amazing, but it actually has a uh, the whole soundtrack actually has a kind of PSG in quotes equivalent and uh, What's awesome about this is it's still sequence data and kind of looking at other games that try to do maybe similar things with this retro throwback this was really the first of its kind in commercial application because remember, in 1999, the 8-bit music revival, wherever you want to call it, didn't really exist before, at least not in Japan. Right. And so, for today's episode, I think it'll be pretty neat because we can do some comparisons with the uh, the instrumental version and then maybe listen to like the PSG version or kind of vice versa, depending on you know what tracks we pick for the episode.
1: Oh yeah, I always love when we do comparisons, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about New Corporation, the company that made this game. They were founded in 1991 as a small software house located in Chiba, Japan, and they started with their first title, Boxer's Road, on the PlayStation in 1995. They also ported Princess Maker to the X68000 in 97, Captain Commando to the PlayStation in 1998, and The Adventures of Little Ralph was in 1999. And then they did another boxing title right after that, based on the manga series Hajime no Ippo, Victorious Boxers, in 2000. But then the company kind of fragmented and went through this whole new reorganization, which led to
0: a bunch of new stuff. So around the time of Little Ralph, there were about 28 employees in New Corporation. But starting at around 2002, a number of the original staff members left to form other companies. Some of them include Think and Feel who developed a few solo games and co-developed titles like Final Fantasy XII Revenant Wings for Square Enix and Blood of Bahamut with Namco. They're not as active today, but they are still around. A second dev company that spun out was called Grand Prix, formed in 2003. Grand Prix did a number of boxing titles for the PS2, Wii, DS, and PSP, but then sort of fizzled out and went bankrupt around 2012. It's
1: kind of funny that like uh, they did those two boxing games and then it seems like all the boxing people left to create this new company called grand prix wait we, we don't want to get confused it's not new company it's a new company a, yeah <laughs> a separate company called grand prix which by the name by itself would sound like they would be coming making racing games instead of boxing games so uh, it's, racing
2: right to
0: bankruptcy yeah
1: yeah <laughs>
0: So also during New Corporation's reorg another company was formed out of the original New Corporation but this time out of their sales department in 2004 titled Ertane. Yeah nah, that's that's
1: interesting. That. You don't hear too much about you know like the sales and marketing side of a company splitting off and it, starting a whole new company still within game development. I
2: would be very doubtful that they were going to I mean if they were just going to be a publishing house power to him like that makes sense that's their Mm -hmm. department you know they they kind of know the ins and outs of the marketing uh, but then they started doing like their own development, too. They hired in some devs and then they became like a full
0: company. It didn't make any sense. Why even split apart then well, at like, that point? You know, when a cell divides, it's like it tries to repair itself. Like, well, we know how to run a dev company. Why don't we just actually hire the devs and do it? Right. Yeah, it's like
1: a, a like a starfish. They, they separated their arm and then they grew a whole new company. <laughs> but but I mean, maybe part of it was they had their own ideas. Maybe they didn't want to make boxing games and stuff like that. So Maybe. I mean, so new corporations after all these,
2: you know, reorg and different companies spun off, they continued to pump out a few more titles that Ertain actually published, and uh, then they apparently went bankrupt themselves in 2008. Ertain owned the rights to new uh, the company that developed the Adventures of Little Ralph. Uh, their software, but they were acquired a year later in 2009 by a company, Olivier that still operates today. Yeah. Uh, the old IPs like Ralph and Boxer's Road, they've all been put out on PSN these days so you can download them for like the PSP and PS3. Um, which is cool. Yeah. Which is, which is really nice, I think in Japan only. But I hate to say it, a lot of their new titles are really like shovel-weary. Like there's, you know those DS bargain bin games yeah. that you would yeah. never want to buy. Some have really great music, but like they're basically just to make a quick buck that's kind of their deal that's kind of like their thing and they they
1: put out a bunch of these
2: titles and they just looked eh, mediocre
1: well like small teams essentially making uh, an app but putting it out on a console
2: right 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 now they do make an engine for blu-ray players uh which is like this visual novel engine i guess it's kind of neat but like you know Oh, and they also offer web design services. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, in case uh, you didn't
0: want them to develop your software, they'll also do uh, a website for you. Yeah,
2: a GeoCities homepage. <laughs> if
0: you look at the history of New Corporation, this is one of those situations where just everything came together for Little Ralph. It was like the dream team, and then yeah. after that, everything kind of fell apart. Like their earlier games are mostly ports or you know remakes, and then they have this new original game that everything about it's great. And then they sort of go in all sorts of different directions. Right. Yeah.
1: I mean, it does seem like maybe they ran out of ideas because they went back to boxing right after Ralph and then they kind of split. So maybe they were just like, hey, we want to do something new and fresh instead of like, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Little Ralph didn't do great at the time, so we're we're seeing it and loving it. But right, at yeah. the time, maybe it was just another game that didn't sell very well, and they they were kind of done making original games. Well, you know, and I also see it like this. You know, there's a lot of uh,
2: you, you kind of look at it moving forward to today. There's a lot of indie devs who will have this kind of one hit wonder mm-hmm. kind of thing, and uh, then you don't really hear from them again. You know, like I, when are we going to hear from? uh you know the next minecraft or like stuff like that you know like where's like the next game from the next big game from these guys you know and maybe this was the same you know the same could be said for new corporation you know they just they they found their one niche and then they're like oh we got nothing else so anyways we got a ton of great music to play right let's jump right into it the next track we're gonna hear is from stage one two called kajua water supply That was from stage one two called Casual Water Supply, composed by Hiroshi Kuronuma, Naoki Tsuchiya, and Hideki Sato for The Adventures of Little Ralph on the Sony PlayStation.
1: What a cool track. I mean this this has that, that quirky, weird, like fun feel still, but it has like a hint of danger to it, which I really liked. And it's just all the the bass, everything was just so funky and, and fun. It's really strange in the beginning. Yeah. It's very like, ugh, like off
2: putting, and then it kind of. Go- and what's up with that bass solo? Like, oh, yeah. like the slap bells, bass. Like, yeah, it came out of like nowhere. I heard that when I was driving in the car. I was like, what the hell yeah. is this? Yeah, this
1: game is very. It has a lot of charm to it. Right from the bat, like you can see the the music itself is just very charming.
0: <laughs> it right. does that thing that Mario does, where it starts off nice and happy, and then all right, we're in the underworld. We're you know we're we're in the sewers. <laughs> yeah. We're in the waterway. Let's let's get started. Let's yeah. It's getting yeah. real very very
2: awesome track though and like uh, i think it's it's kind of going to be interesting to you know we were talking earlier about doing some comparisons with like the psg version so that was the instrumental version do you guys want to hear yeah. the uh casual water supply in psg form of mm-hmm. course in quotes all right so here's just a few seconds of that
1: It actually almost sounds better in PSG. Yeah, and it's funny because when we first listened to the uh, instrumental version, I thought the beginning has a little bit of a Castlevania feel. And then with the PSG version, I was like, that is very much has a Castlevania feel to the, <laughs> the beginning. Uh, but it was so fun. Like, I really liked the uh, I, I it's kind of a toss up. I, I, I can't tell which one I like
2: more. Well, you know, some of these tracks that we picked today, we went through just the instrumental versions first. And we're just like, okay, let's pick all these tracks, and then they're so good in either either mm-hmm. form that we just kind of flipped them. So you're going to hear some PSG tracks today, uh, just because they were great tracks regardless. So
0: yeah, yeah, I ended up playing through the game with the PSG version because I had listened to the full soundtrack and the instrumental, and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna instead of listening to it the second time, I'm just gonna play with this in the background it works really well in the game yeah the, the mechanics of the
2: game just kind of complement the music anyway in that form so
1: uh, yeah it totally works well and everything about it too it, with it being a throwback it gives it more of that throwback feel you kind of forget you're playing it on like playstation totally and whereas the the, um, the more instrumental it, it kind of reminds you you're on a playstation but you still have that kind of nostalgic feel for the look so oh, it's totally. really neat so what do we got next next up we have a track called holy battle from stage 5-1 and we'll be right back You just heard 5 One" or "Holy Battle," composed by Hiroshi Kuronuma, Naoki Tsuchiya, and Hideki Sato for *The Adventures of Little Ralph*.
0: Holy moly! Yeah. What an awesome track! I'm ready to take it on the yeah. whole the whole game, everything, the yeah. boss, whatever you throw at me. Yeah, this is a totally killer track. You know, I was I was asking Gene. I was like, "Hey, why don't you pick out
2: some tracks that you like for the show and just uh, you know leave a note in uh, you know our our document?" And uh, I see this track listed. And the reasoning you wrote was, because yeah, <laughs> and uh, no, just a, it's a great track. I mean, this is kind of this encompasses like really a lot of um, Japanese like rock and pop from the the 80s. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of brings it all into one. It's got a lot of power. Um, almost has like a ballad, very soaring, and um, just. Energetic, good feeling, like you're on the cusp of greatness. Yeah, like just very empowering.
1: Yeah, it definitely had a more urgent feel, a little less uh, silly and playful than the previous tracks we listened to, uh, which is which is cool. To me, it has a much more dramatic, cinematic feel than what you would expect from a 2D platformer. Like this still feels like RPG music. Like there's so much emotion and and story that feels like it fits into the song. It's very heartfelt. I was gonna say this sounds a lot. Like I I mean, I know the Lunar
2: soundtrack really well, Mm -hmm. but there's something about it that just gives me that vibe from the the battle sequence. Do you want to hear the battle theme real quick? Mm -hmm. Hold on. Let's just listen to that. I can't remember. Maybe it's the Sega CD version. Let's take a listen real quick. Is this it? I don't know. Maybe it's the same horn or progression or... Drum, I don't know. It just gives me that vibe a mm-hmm. lot. You know? Yeah,
0: I mean, I was getting Luffy vibes. Same sort of thing, like oh, really I, I high energy that. rock. I mean, it's all kind of in that same family of it, sound. I think that. Uh, well, I mean,
2: again, this is using like the PlayStation, probably some of the built-in instruments mm-hmm. too. So yeah. there's there's a little bit of overlap in that sense, maybe anyway. But uh, excellent track. Do you guys want to hear the PSG version? Just like a. Just,
1: oh yeah, I would like to see how that just, song translated to that.
2: so good either yeah. way
1: it feels like the the cute little handheld version of uh, <laughs> of the game it's uh, i it's would like, love to play that like the neo
2: turf masters uh, yeah. for the neo geo pocket color versus the uh you know the arcade version
0: right yeah. totally I, su- I swear if this game were made today they'd have an on the fly switch so you're like whichever version you want just listen to it right now yep. yeah yeah, <laughs> or yeah. unlock well,
1: the psg version that's or something. the
0: beauty of wonder boy
2: the dragon's trap the new version you could switch it on the fly yeah so. I accidentally, it,
1: accidentally switched it a few times. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, like with the graphics and everything, too. And I was like, oh, it was a little jarring. But yeah, that would be pretty neat. Yeah, Gene. So tell us about Hiroshi Kuronuma, Naoki Tsuchiya,
0: and Hideki Sato. Sure. So I did a bit of research on the three composers. And starting with Hiroshi Kuronuma, I didn't actually find all that much about him. The only things that I found credits for were Boxer's Road, New Corporation's first game, the port of Captain Commando. He's listed as composer there, but mostly it's a straight ahead port of the original arcade game. So there's mm-hmm. probably just like maybe one or two tracks. Yeah. And then maybe just like a, maybe just arrangements too. But yeah. Yeah, I mean I didn't I never played the, the PlayStation 1 version of Captain Commando, so I don't really know what's changed, but watching a couple of videos kind of dumps you into an intro screen with no music. You kind of do options or game start. There's not a whole lot there. Mm-hmm. So basically he did nothing. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm just <laughs> I, I don't know. Both he and Nauki were credited for doing sound and music, but I'm not sure. Maybe there was like a custom credit song or something, you know? Right. So Nauki Tsuchiya,
2: I actually think he might have been the lead for this project. He's got uh, a little bit more... Um, credits to his name but also his name was mentioned um a few more times for for actually doing the composition in some japanese websites i
3: found
0: yeah it would make sense he was the person who had the most credits of all of the ones that i found so looks like they started a little earlier too right that's true yeah so i'll kind of go through real quick he was credited as a sound designer for race Driven, which is a port of an old 1991 1990 midway game captain commando little ralph as the sound designer, not just as the composer, right, right. Uh, a game called Kakuto Chojin Back Alley Brutal for Xbox and the Con for PSP. As a composer, he was listed for Little Ralph, Victorious Boxers, uh, and several romance uh, visual novel style games. Uh, which Brian, maybe you can pronounce those? <laughs> yeah, the Hokagono Love Beat. Love beat, was that where you had troubles
2: pronouncing? Well <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the second word there on the DS. Oh, yeah. Sounds good to me. <laughs> and there's Otome Teki Koi Kakume
0: Love Revo
2: for the PS2. Whoa.
0: Yeah, so I didn't see too much about those, so I'm not sure, but he was also listed as a composer for Hajime no Ippo, the portable version for PSP Victoria Spirits. I was listening to it and actually there's a lot of similarities to that soundtrack from this one. So there's. it's possible that he was the lead, just like you were saying. And most interestingly is he's listed as the voice actor for Little Ralph in this game. Oh, that's so Wait, awesome. Wait, no, really? Yeah, I saw that in the credits. And it... Wait, when is there a voice? In this uh, maybe like, like sound his sound effects yeah. when he's screaming and attack animations during you know, uh, some okay. of the... So they're okay. like, okay, so...
3: go. <laughs> 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 yeah, stuff like that. So, so choke, <laughs>
2: choke on a carrot and we'll record <laughs> yeah. that. Um, you know, so uh Tsuchiya, I actually found him, I, I found his like email and stuff like that and uh, I also saw him on Mixi, which is like this Japanese Facebook. I still have an account from like the 2000s. Uh, I found him on there, and I messaged him and was like, oh, maybe we can, you know, I could at least chat with him, ask him the, mm-hmm. the whole thought behind this. And uh, he hadn't updated like his profile in like, I don't know, like six years. So I was like, eh, it's a long shot. Yeah. So never, never heard back, but yeah, it was worth, it.
0: Worth, the, worth a try. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's always good to hear back, but sometimes we just got to do what we got to do. Yeah, so uh, Hideki Sato. Yeah, uh, he doesn't have a lot of credits either, but most interestingly, he was mostly a performer. So I found two main things other than Little Ralph, which is one, in the Clockwork Night Games, he's credited as a Peperauchu orchestra member, uh, usually on percussion, and he worked a lot outside of games in a orchestra, Orchestra del Sol, with Jun Takagi, which was a Japanese funk soul latin kind of world music band from around 1994 to 2001 also as a percussionist backup vocalist so i'd say his role may have been the percussion in I, this. Yeah. yeah i don't know if it was maybe like assistance or sort of like supervision like just sort of contributing in smaller ways
2: right but it's, nothing is um really defined even as far as the soundtrack goes we will talk about that later but uh there there's no real like you know this track was done by Tsuchiya this track right. was done by Sato you know like we don't really have a way of knowing until we actually contact one of these guys so yeah
1: it's kind of it's so funny that uh, you mentioned Clockwork Night because I hadn't even thought about that game until uh, you and I were hanging out Brian uh and we were looking at, at different games to try to play just goofing around oh, for yeah, no yeah, reason yeah. And, I, and you had mentioned Clockwork Night and I was like oh I've totally forgot that I had that game as a kid and now hear it mentioned again in this episode. It's so funny how there's all these little connecting little, threads all over the place. Little stars aligning. Maybe we're just going to have to play that game
2: later. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we were saying before, one of the most unique things about the games is the music. We mentioned both versions, the PSG and the instrumental versions before, um, but they use a slightly different driver. So there uh, is a PSG version of the, the same driver for sequence audio. And I think what's actually going on, and I, I'm not really certain is that it's just a uh, instrumental switch. So you, you know the PSG version isn't actually PSG. It's not even really samples of PSG, uh more of a novelty named, you know, kind of
1: right, kind nostalgia of
2: nostalgia and stuff like that. Uh it's just approximating the sound these kind of simple square wave tones. However, uh there's also a bit of smoke and mirrors there. So we're listening to this PSG it sounds really really clean but, you know, there's also some effects thrown in yeah. on that. There's there's echo on the same PSG channels. There's a lot more to work with. So, um, you know, even though it, it does sound incredible as PSG, we're also hearing, you know, a modern take on PSG.
1: Yeah, I think it's funny how it's, uh, it's approximating something that's approximating something. And <laughs> yeah. then uh, I, it seems like something like you would expect from, say, like a modern uh, sprite-based game on, say, like the Switch or something that has gradients and different textures that you couldn't get on an actual, like, older system. Like, they're but just doing it to it, do it? It just makes it look a little bit prettier, or maybe that's how you remembered it as a kid That is what it feels like. But I think that's funny that they took... And it wasn't an exact replica yeah. they just kind of spice it up a little bit
0: yeah so. i've heard that just said a lot about modern indie games it's like they represent games how you remember them not how they actually are right like, Right. right. <laughs> shovel knight is a great example it uses the expanded sound chip but you're like oh this sounds just like it did on the nintendo but if you go back it's like wait no this is no. way simpler Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 all
2: right so let's get into some
0: more music gene what do we have next so the next track is called high and alone from the adventures of little ralph on playstation and Alone by Hiroshi Kurunuma, Naoki Tsuchiya, and Hideki Sato. Ooh, good track. Kind of reminds me
2: of uh, my college years. (laughs) You know, it's it's funny. uh, James actually said that just a little while ago, and I was thinking the same thing because we were both losers.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I saw the title and thought, I'm not going to make a comment.
2: (laughs) We don't care. Uh, Anyways, yeah, this is a great track. I think there is a lot of... um, power in the drum kit it's 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 very good as opposed to maybe that track that you weren't too keen on the beginning of the episode uh the percussion anyways mm-hmm. it's got kind of like a like an 80s there there's this transition i think in japan where like enka was kind of like getting introduced the style was kind of getting introduced into pop music a little bit and so it's kind of got that enka pop feel to it uh i, I really like that that kind of trait about it it could have been Maybe like a composition style or technique that they wanted to go with um, based on High and Alone. I'm not exactly sure where it is in the game. I can't remember. But again, it's a great track. And then you get this really cool, like kind of organ, just accompaniment that Mm -hmm. that just shoots out of nowhere. I like it.
1: Yeah, I think this this track, um, I was saying before how some of the other ones felt kind of like uh, very cinematic. This one feels more like stage theater to me. Like everything's very exaggerated. Uh, like it's very dramatic um, it feels kind of it has that kind of tinge of pain when that guitar comes in it feels like you're kind of choking back yeah, tears a little yeah, bit yeah. and like you have you're on this mission and it's hard and you want to give up but uh, and I that exaggeratedness I really really enjoyed because uh, it made it like when you're playing the game it's hard to not notice it like on a stage performance people in the back can still see the exaggerated movement so while you're playing the game you can still, it's like the composers were like, "Hey, we're not just background music here. We're yeah. we're going to make this game really great." And uh, this track especially for me made it hard to not notice it. Yeah.
0: So I really, yeah, more like a like FGM mm-hmm. instead of BGM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really like how the first half has those super strong beats to contrast. It's like doom do. You know, it just it feels like you just have to pay attention to it. And then when the second part settles in, you can kind of just go along with the level but it's just such a powerful opening i really love and i'm wondering if this is partially because of hideki sato but it's got these sort of jazz and latin influences it definitely sounds like it's got that feel to it yeah, yeah
1: i definitely picked up on some of the latin influences it felt kind of like a choreographed dance a little bit almost yeah do you guys want to hear
2: the psg version just oh just yeah but yeah anytime lot more uh like jarring and kind of
0: like staccato I, or tenuto i like that sound yeah it yeah, loses a lot of impact i actually like the instrumental version a lot better yeah me too actually yeah
1: but you can see even in that psg version that um it has that really exaggerated like you said yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah, of harsh yeah. the transitions and it kind of it still had that feel like it, it's almost like um flamenco and
2: not not any in any sense like the genre but like how flamenco is very like kind of Exaggerated dance, you know what I mean? Colors and right, right, and it's very like, like snap into positions. It's kind of got like that, but like the musical version of the dance, I guess. Mm -hmm. So the adventures of little Ralph. It's got a story, right? It's it's a little bit odd, but uh, why don't you enlighten us?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you guys have listened to the show a lot, you're used to these stories not being crazy unique. This is another example of this. So this is another world where the peacefulness is interrupted by the growth of a great evil or demonic force. Um, You know, like I said, it doesn't really stand out above everything, but this is how it starts. And then you always have that character that stands up and fights, and this is Ralph. Uh, But what happens (laughs) that stands out, kind of interesting about this game is Ralph gets turned into a child very quickly in the game by Valgo, who's the bad guy. And you might be thinking, well, how, if he couldn't stand up against Valgo as an adult, how is he gonna take down this boss as a child? So this magical sword appears out of nowhere, yeah. And, and gives him the power to, you know, continue his mission, and to add to the I kind like, of, I like how just stuff happens. Just, yeah, <laughs> there's no explanation.
2: Just a sword appears. Yeah,
1: yeah. okay, yeah. And to add to like the, the 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 stacking up of the tropes in in this, um, Ralph, his. Friend, this female friend, she comes to try to help him after he's been turned into a child and she ends up getting captured by Valgo because he sees a hidden power within her. So now <laughs> Ralph is not only trying to stop this evil, he has to save his friend who is... Uh, been captured because of him so it's not like uh, saving the world is enough he has to save his friend as well she's
2: on the screen for like like 30 seconds maybe and and like
1: all of a sudden she's got these
2: powers and stuff (laughs) you know what's funny about this game so yeah it's like this retro throwback i think that was all the intent it was meant to be like like haha look at all these like goofball stories back in the day that just you know crap didn't make sense and right. let's go ahead and just put that in the extreme form and and recreate the the same
0: idea just Yeah well head. the, the cutscene opens with the uh, Valgo Punching your girlfriend in the stomach and throwing her over his shoulder, like in the original Double 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 Dragon. dragon, That's the first thing I thought. Like, why? What? Okay. I guess that's happening. And then, uh, yeah, he
2: he transforms Ralph into a little boy, and he's just like this naked little boy, like on the screen, like scrunched up in a ball, just like laying there, like he's just gone through like. Like, it's just been birthed or whatever.
1: Well, and I think that maybe it was like, kind of like, not just like a nod to the retro feel, but almost kind of poking fun at overly serious, dramatic games. Like, you know, we've mentioned the Final Fantasy games a couple times because of the PlayStation, but games like that were being taken very seriously. The stories were very dramatic. I mean, they would bring people to tears. And now you have a game like this, that on paper really doesn't make any sense but it doesn't take away from how fun the game is to play and the charm right right right
2: anyways uh, so let's get into some more music uh up next we have into the darkness and we're going to actually play the psg version so let's take a listen and we'll be right back Was from stage three, one called "Into the Darkness," and this was the PSG version composed by Hiroshi Kuronuma, Naoki Tsuchiya, and Hideki Sato for the Adventures of Little Ralph on the Sony PlayStation. What do you guys think? It was creepy, really it was, dramatic. Yeah,
1: it was, yeah, I, it was. I really liked it. It was, it was fun. It was uh, very kind of spooky. There was a lot of different stuff going on, so it wasn't so simple like what you would expect. And I would assume that the the instrumental version is also still very complex. Well, and let's, let's take a listen to that
2: version real quick.
1: I think that one translated really well to both versions. Um, unlike the the last one, like why we said, kind of lost a little the oomph. Uh that one was still very, very dramatic
0: and still creepy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is one of the ones I marked as we should play this track for the PSG version, so I totally agree. Yeah. I think that uh the PSG version
2: is uh yeah, I guess they're both just really good. They I can't pick between the two. They're both (laughs) they're both pretty awesome. Uh I'd say the the instrumental version we heard just a, a little bit of, but uh, you can hear the, uh, the the backgrounds playing different instruments, or this is, you know, just the PSG version is just like the, the square waves, kind of different, you know, octaves and different tones. Uh, but it still sounds really clean
1: either way. I like it. All right, let's get into another track. What do we got, James? Next up, we have stage 4-2 called Ruins of Donan. stage four two ruins of Donan from the Adventures of Tiny Ralph. Interesting that you said Tiny Ralph. Oh, did I say oh, e- Little Ralph? <laughs> e- either one. I, yeah. it's it's a translation, so
2: I guess Little Ralph. <laughs> this is a cool track. It's kind of got a uh, kind of an opera feel to it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was. This is actually. Uh, a track that it feels like it was perfectly designed for me to love. I loved this one a lot. This is probably my favorite one so far we've played. Really? Yeah, I and it's made, you know, it was very repetitious, but that constant vibration sound in there, I uh. love that. The way that it built up, and it just kind of like kept going up a notch, kept going up a notch, and then the solo to bring it back down was just, oh, it was so good to me, and that really- <laughs> So good to me. Yeah, the really dramatic, like dark, ominous feel to the song was really
0: pleasing for me as well nice so i don't know if this is a good time to talk about this but if you're playing on normal mode there's actually more to the game so this is actually right around the midpoint if you're playing the full eight stages right 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 right. so it's got that perfect energy for like you know there's a, there's a baseline of energy there's some stuff going on it's not like super happy it's it's right you know it fits right in the middle of the game it makes perfect sense but it's mm-hmm. got the build too oh, you know, yeah
2: to, to kind of gear you up for the, the next part of the experience so it doesn't just leave you flat like hey this is the end uh if you played on what easy mode or whatever but yeah it, it does kind of lead you into that that next uh experience that you're that you're going to go through so mm-hmm. I, I think that's good it's a, it's a really great track i i really like the instrument version a lot better than the psg version but you
1: want to get wanna yeah hear that real quick i could see this one maybe not translating as well and that build up part that was that was coming was like doo 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 and it, then it's it, like doo, doo doo and it, it, it it's felt felt like a lot it felt Almost out of key or something. Like it felt like uh, maybe a little dissonant. Yeah, I was like, wow, this sounds a little off. But um, I mean, it was all still there. I could see the correlation between the two. It
0: does drift a little bit more into the background compared to the instrumental, which I like. I was closing my eyes just listening to it, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of remember why I don't remember that the PSG version when I play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the the uh,
2: the instrument version has you know a, a ton of channels thrown in there. Where this, it really sounds like there's like three different voices and you know uh and just the the percussion mm-hmm. and it's, very, it's a lot more simple but in this in this track i feel like it, it's just leaving a bunch of empty gaps yeah, you know, yeah. For, for what we were hearing the other room anyways so this game we we're talking about the music it, it's an amazing game to play as well yeah and uh there's a lot to the gameplay even for kind of trying to recreate this kind of
1: retro, simple style game. Right. So the, the the gameplay starts out kind of simple, like you said, and but that's the great part about it. I feel like a lot of games are overly complex. They're hard to pick up and play. Uh, the Adventures of Little Ralph is so easy to pick up. Uh, it feels very much like a retro game because you just have basic controls like jump, run, dodge, attack. There's two buttons. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. so it's it's really simple. You have a special attack um, that can build up and it's like a golf swing. It's kind of funny because you can send enemies flying around and they can bounce off each other and, and deal damage and you can build up combos and stuff. But right. this is an instance where on paper it sounds boring, but that's what makes it great. Some of you are going to be thinking like, oh man, this is right up my
2: alley, like yeah. right away. The other maybe other 20% of you might be thinking like, "Eh, I don't know.
1: Give it a shot. You will love it. Yeah. Because if you look at some games that are amazing, look at the original Mario. You run. You jump. That's it. That's the whole game. And you'd think that on paper, you're like, what? This is nothing. But it's timeless because it's so simple. Yeah, it makes it very easy to pick up and just enjoy. There's a few different things. So you mentioned the
2: kind of golf swing thing. Mm-hmm. That, that'll that not only shoot enemies across the screen, but it'll also shoot back projectiles. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So if like a boss shoots a fireball at you, you can like swat it back at him mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It takes some time to execute correctly, but it's really cool. There's also this downward stab that you can perform by holding uh, down an attack
1: while oh, you're, yeah, while
2: you're yeah. in the air. It's a lot like uh, The Adventures of Link, mm-hmm. uh, Zelda 2. You know, It's just like the simple things like that that make the game, it feels like there's a lot more buttons and a lot more actions than there really are.
1: Right. And I think that, that element right there gave the game uh, more of a speedy feel to it. Because right. uh, like in Zelda 2, you can kind of go up to enemies and attack them while you're moving past them to keep them from attacking you, which was a nice way to not have to get stuck and kill everything. And it was one of the great things about this game as well. So, you know, not just the controls, but let's kind of talk about the the
2: platforming element of the game. So it's it's a lot like your Marios, your Wonder Boys, mm-hmm. Strider, Ghosts and Goblins. I'd say it's a lot like Ghosts and Goblins, actually.
0: Yeah, there's even some sort of limited physics, where once you commit to a jump, you can reverse directions, but it's a bit harder, so you have to know generally where you're going.
2: Oh my god, that force level, where there's like the the floating uh, what is it? Floating uh, logs, or whatever, that move back and forth Mm -hmm. like super fast. I swear to god, they designed the controls to be just hard enough,
1: or just (laughs) impossible enough to not make that jump easily. That that part did take me quite a while, Uh, as far as some of the other parts. Some of the ice mechanics made it difficult too, but this game also has uh power-ups you can find right uh, i right. remember if you went out of your way a little bit in the ice section there was a pair of boots that you could get that made it so you didn't slip on the ice anymore and That's it was right. very useful oh, never found those but they like uh they put it in the corner and then once you get it you're kind of surrounded by enemies and so they they had a really good job of making things worth getting but um, you had to go out of your way to get them. and you had and you had to practice getting them too so you may take some damage but now you may not fall
0: off the ice so right and uh, the rewards are pretty much they're in line with like the harder they are to get usually the more valuable they are so like right the easy ones to find are things like a shield which gives you another hit uh, before you die and then the sword extension which just makes your slash a little longer right. there's also these fire fireball f- fireballs yeah. those are really hard to find and they're very few of them but if you get them you can shoot a projectile and hit enemies from pretty far away and almost every enemy dies in just a few hits so it's a really good power up. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you lose it, you've lost it. There's also yeah. a little familiar guy that you can follow, who can follow you around and sort of fire with you so there's sort of two projectiles. Oh, like, uh, yeah, he kind of like lobs these little rock mm-hmm. things in the air. He
2: kind of looks like, um, like, you ever seen the movie Totoro? Yeah. yeah, it yeah. looks like a little mini. The little one, yeah,
1: <laughs> like yeah, the yeah, half yeah, invisible yeah, one. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, the the game mechanics they're 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 very straightforward, very simple. But when I first played it, I was like, Oh my god! I've been this is what I've wanted for a yeah. long time. Just a simple platformer that has a lot of elements there and a lot of exploration. And that's something actually I kind of want to talk about too. A great feature in this game is all the different paths you can discover. You know, yeah. Over the years we kind of that character that quality kind of has gotten lost and you know it's in rpgs and stuff like that in a different way but just something that seems like a very linear you know a to b uh, kind of gameplay style this kind of gives you like a like a abcd and it depends on how you're thinking and how you're you're feeling to you know, kind of determine the outcome, of which way you show, or right. which way you end up.
1: Well, and I think uh, that kind of speaks to what Gene was saying about some of the things that are more difficult to get are more worth uh, getting. Uh, so the the different paths they have different things for you and there's you know there's power up collectibles there's like little fruit things to collect and
0: oh that fruit i that's like? a whole separate mechanic yeah, yeah it's it's like almost a cornerstone of the game even though it doesn't seem like it you can uh, to- totally ignore it mm-hmm. or and,
2: and play the game just fine but it's i think it's an integral part of the experience so yeah this let's talk about the fruit real quick before we get talk about anything else. Cause I think this is awesome. So the, uh, the fruit mechanic, if you've ever played any wonder boy game, this is exactly the same thing. So there's invisible fruit, like kind of throughout the mm-hmm. stage. And if you, if you jump on an area, or if you get in a certain vicinity, they appear and they'll appear in like a chain. And as you collect them, it kind of gives you this multiplier. But if you don't collect them right away, they'll disappear. Right. And, uh, this game is all about kind of that retro feel. So points are are what kind of determine uh, yeah. how good you're playing, you know? So it's I think it's a very important aspect of the game.
1: Yeah, and for me, uh, growing up as a you know Mario kid, I wanted all the coins. So I saw the fruit and I was like, I want that fruit and he would die. So I'm going to go for the fruit again. I want it. Oh like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: designed exactly. So there's, there's sort of two functions of the fruit. One is to lead you to specific paths and also for the score multipliers. But sometimes you want to intentionally ignore it because it's like i see two pathways if i follow the fruit it's going to go one place but what's over here right, right 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 it's troll meant to kind of <laughs> yeah, it's the troll fruit <laughs> i love it um yeah but it's it's got all
2: of the uh, the classic kind of earmarks for a mm. retro game something that kind of does like you were saying lead you to a different path or stray stray you a different way and uh, i think that's a very important aspect
1: yeah now that isn't everything that this game has to offer as well so when uh I came over one day and Brian was like, hey, I have this game for you to try out. I've been playing it. It's really fun. Uh, I think I got like partway through it, and I want you to try it. So I sat down and started playing this game. On on the actual PlayStation. Yeah, on the yeah. actual PlayStation. And uh, ended up getting through the entire game in one sitting while we were hanging out. It, it, it was like maybe an like hour and a half, maybe yeah, two something hours like that. Something yeah. like that. Uh, but I discovered that there is a whole other gameplay style to this game. You, you're like, hey, Brian, look at this. Look at yeah, this. What's going on, on here? here? What is happening? So there's two points in the game where it switches from a 2D platformer to a 2D fighting game something like Street Fighter <laughs> yeah. uh, and Ralph is changed back into an adult uh, with a sword like, temporarily yeah and you you straight up punch and kick and use your sword slash against uh two different bosses it's, yeah and it's hard it's it's not like oh this is this new mechanic let's take it easy on you they are hard right from the bat oh yeah and, and, life and th- bars pop up and it's it's one-on-one versus time yeah Yeah. and it's it's actually a really good fighting game yeah and uh there's
2: a full like a full list of moves and combos that you can Mm -hmm. do there's uh hadoukens and you know your your backward hadouken yeah
1: there were some moves that were looked very similar uh, oh yeah but uh and even like some of the fighting style like the the way the the sprites were, were were very similar but it was it was really cool i at first I was like, this is really odd. I wonder if they're gonna do it more in the game. Got all the way to the end and they only did it one more time. Uh but it was it was kind of fun. It was like they gave you a precursor to it
0: and then for the, the you know, the final boss they were like, let's go for it hardcore. I'll put a little asterisk on that because since I had looked at all of the the titles for the game and the soundtrack, I'm like, wait, what's all this like after stuff? oh I see there's an easy ending so I actually went into the options in the beginning and put it on normal because I knew there's actually more levels after stage 5 because right. there's two versions of the stage 5 music it's like yep. boss and then like oh well it's not really the boss just go on yeah it's like double dragon
1: <laughs> uh, like if you played it on the easier modes you didn't get the full game which is kind of neat it, it gives you that replayability you play it through and you're like oh this is really fun let me try making it harder and and see if I can get all the way through it again I mentioned
0: that because there's actually five battles of that sort of one on one Oh, there is. Yeah. Right. So there's three more if you go into the harder level. Because oh, I awesome. think I think it defaults to to uh, easy. easy. Mode. Yeah, that yeah, no, was does. It, you were it, just
1: like trying. I was probably wasn't paying attention. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. There are there are a few more instances
2: because I played through the other day too, and I was like, oh man, I don't remember this many. Yeah. But um, the uh, those so those crazy 2D one off battles aside, the boss battles are actually really really fun and kind of remind me of any other boss
1: battle like any zelda game any Mm -hmm. any uh even sonic
2: games oh yeah you got a
1: lot of that in there. The boss battles are like the standard 2d platformer style boss battles are so good like they're so creative sometimes you're confused as to what you even need to do or if you're actually doing it right and then you're rewarded with killing them but it's not it never felt super frustrating for me it was it was really fun and the, when we get to the graphics section, and we'll probably have a lot to say about some of these graphics. But, uh, and then you find out by beating the game, or at least in the, the mode that I beat it in, uh, you unlock the 2D fighting from the get-go. Like you can sit there, and there's the characters, and you can just
0: boss battle it out with each other over and over, which right. is really cool. So yeah, coming up next, we have the versus mode select, or let's begin the battle. And this is the PSG version from The Adventures of Little Ralph. the psg version of versus mode select or let's begin the battle
1: i thought this track was awesome so good i have a hard time believing that the instrumental version can top that like it's so like it felt so complex and so rich and dynamic uh which some we've seen some of the other psg songs not many of them but they some of them felt kind of flat and empty like well the last one was, yeah you know, donan or whatever yeah well, let's let's listen. You know, I, I I picked this track for the
2: show because I, the instrumental version was like so killer. Mm-hmm. And then I heard this and I'm like,
1: oh yeah, yeah. So uh, let's. Well, take a and listen. it's such a unique mode
2: to the game too. <laughs> right, right, right. Let's let's quickly listen to that instrumental version. Now.
0: I'm going to have to give this one to the PSG version, actually. I believe so, too.
1: It's funny. The instrumental version, to me, sounded so much like Super Punch-Out. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just... I was just like... I just imagined the character and it, was just, it sounded very Super Nintendo, but it's very specifically, to me, Super Punch-Out. I, I really like that. The, the instrumental version I I was like oh man this yeah
2: it's good it's, it's, it's good it's, it's yeah got a lot of grunge this really heavy hitting drum kit and then I heard the PSG and I was like it's just too good to leave out we yeah. gotta listen to that one it's so dark and serious for like a
0: character select screen too I know
2: I know <laughs> I know let's talk about the development history a little bit you know so contrary to the simple in quotes sprites and look of the game uh, you know it took a considerable amount of time to develop mm-hmm. so Originally the game was developed for the sharp x68,000 new corporation had just released the port of Prince maker for the x68,000 in 1997, which was also one of the last commercially made games for the system. Maybe maybe the last actually Wow. Yeah And then when the decision was made to switch over to the PlayStation They almost had to start over because I guess some of the you know, the code just wouldn't port directly and so they they kind of took their time. That's why we see this big gap, this two year gap, right. where they were basically developing Little Ralph, and so they could have abandoned the project. We saw a lot of other companies that did you know a bunch of work on something and then they would just abandon the project because you know it didn't make sense financially, or uh, maybe you know when they started development they were going one direction and then you know the you know systems and company and society kind of pivoted mm-hmm. to liking something else. It just goes to show there's like this real true intimacy behind the project and the people who worked on it really wanted to to make this game like a reality
3: mm-hmm.
2: i think there's a lot of charm like you were saying and it kind of caused the not only development team but maybe marketing to say like hey we should we should keep this one on our on our plate and for a good reason because we talked about the other games they did and it wasn't really anything all that remarkable yeah so you know even though the game attempts to emulate that kind of 8 and 16-bit style from the era it truly was it was genuinely born on a 16-bit platform yeah so you know it, it's even more odd to me that this retro game that came out way too soon for like introducing reintroducing retro was actually from the system it was trying to kind of recreate it right. it's, it's like this weird like paradox of like development and like gaming you know paradigms all in one
1: yeah it's kind of funny that it was like for the x68000 and then the 68000 is like nah we're done making games you're 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 too late and then instead of making something for the playstation that fit what the playstation was really doing they were like let's just do something that looks retro. Right. And so maybe it was more like This is what we want to do instead of like, let's do something different. Well, and they were at the tail
2: end of the X sixty eight thousand like releases, and then they kind of just squeezed into the last of the PlayStation (laughs) releases. So who knows? Maybe this could have been on PS2 and it would have been like more like, okay,
0: yeah, I can see the retro thing coming back. I don't know. Yeah, it could have just been one of those fashionably late things. It's like, well, we missed the boat on that one. Let's just release the game and call it retro and throw in a PS2 soundtrack (laughs) and make it feel like we did this on purpose. Man, that just made it sound not as fun. Well, (laughs) no, I mean (laughs) like I I you were saying this and I really cannot think of a game that did that sooner. I I don't think there is one. Yeah. I think this is like the kind of first
2: of its kind to yeah. recreate like a retro thing cuz I mean that wasn't even a thing yet. You either played retro games or you you know there, nobody was making the old yeah. style well, again.
1: It's like they weren't even really considered retro yet. It wasn't that old. Like yeah. some people were still like going out and getting, you know, games for their systems that we're doing, like Super Nintendo and Genesis, it wasn't like that crazy. Well, it would mean, be like, oh, like, I just got a new Genesis. Game. I think like, Wasn't Donkey Kong like
2: 96 or 97? 90- like some of the uh, later Donkey Kong games? Yeah, like right? the last one was 96 or 97. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like right when like N64 came out. So mm-hmm. I mean it's not really a long, there's like four year gap there. You know? yeah. It's not that long. Anyways, let's uh let's get into some more music. We got a track from stage five two. It's called In the Citadel of Ice. That was from Stage 5-2 in the Citadel of Ice, composed by Hiroshi, Kuronuma, Naokitshia, and Hideki Sato.
1: Oh man, so out of the three of us, I'm probably the one that has played it the it's been the longest since I've played it. It's been about um, six months, right? Yeah, and as soon as this song came on, as soon as it came on, I was just like, I remember this part. And this is where uh, Brian and I were sitting here because I think this was maybe a level past than you had gotten when you were first playing. Right, 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 right. And I was like, this is so good. Like we have to do this game at some point. Like this song was incredible. It had like this psychological, like horror icy feel to it. Like it, it reminded me a little bit of like clock tower. Like they, um, how like scary it is, but there's nothing really like super (laughs) about it. There's something
2: else is going on. I remember this too. Uh, we were both sitting in here and this track is the, the first one that, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, this is an episode. And since then it's been in our pocket for,
1: for today. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I even just stood there in the level and was just like,
0: this is so good. I kind of hear this more. Yeah. You know, I, I'll be honest when I listened to the soundtrack, I was doing it a little bit in the background, but when I heard it again with full attention, I'm like, Oh, I really should have listened to it in the instrumental again before this episode. It's so heavy and dark and it's pulling on, like you said, those, 80s horror it's got like that Halloween theme kind of buried in there and I love it I almost feel like it's
2: really heavy in one ear so those those um, kind of starry high end PSG notes uh, that are even in the inter- instrumental version, it's almost like you're catching like a like a shooting star, and it's like you're holding it in a basket in your left ear, mm-hmm. and uh, then all of a sudden the uh, like the drums will cut in, and it's like somebody with a big hammer smashing them all, and uh, then it, then it starts back up, and it's even faster and more aggressive. It does feel very icy and very desolate yeah. and very creepy and.
1: Uh, when well, I think having the PSG stuff in there gave it a, a real sharpness, yeah, kind of adds to it. A lot of a lot of games when uh, you see them do like an icy theme, there's kind of like this like really edgy like hardness to the sound that makes it feel icy. Um, but or I thought, a lot of echo or something. Yeah, like, and I thought this had like a. It fit the theme. It felt very kind of icy, but it wasn't like a very cliche trope to me. Uh, And then the guitars and everything in there was just like, whoa, like it's cutting through everything. It was uh, really cool. I know. We're we're saying BSG, but it's probably more like a,
2: almost like a school piano or something. Yeah. And, you know, it's very like kind of cut off uh, uh, piano ringing, but uh, let's get into our next set of tracks. And this is actually kind of interesting. So Gene, you were talking about how there's different music for different, levels of the gameplay so not just levels but easy mode versus normal mode there's a little bit of a difference in in how the music actually works out so this next track this is the boss for uh valgo it's the easy version so Mm -hmm. let's take a listen to that and then we'll listen to the normal version of valco but let's let's take a listen to this first
1: Just heard the easy mode boss music called Volgo very menacing very dark
2: and quick and dangerous and nasty I like it mm-hmm.
1: yeah I liked how it starts off and feels kind of dangerous like you're saying and there's a part where it feels like uh, it gets very heroic and it to me it felt like the hero has shown up and maybe he gets you know beaten up a little bit in the beginning and you get you know this is whole new gameplay style and yeah. you're, you're just like okay cool now I got it and now maybe the boss is kind of a little bit worried maybe the, maybe the odds are a little in your favor now yeah and there was a little bit of like a whole bunch of different themes kind of mixed in in the middle there was like some different solos and some some different different sounds that I thought was kind of neat it, gave it, like, a battle feel, like there's different types of moves.
2: And and that bass solo again, just gotta say.
0: I really loved that when the track comes in, it starts off with those arpeggios. It's sort of like, you know, picking up where that ice level track left off, and then it just goes on to its own thing. Right, Mm -hmm. because this is right after that, yeah. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, like, the boss is just at the end of a stage. It's not a separate stage. Right. And it really, like, I'll say, if I had played it on easy not knowing that there was a normal difficulty... I would not feel cheated at all. Like, it's oh, yeah. suitably epic. It's, like, a hard boss fight. The music is great, and it's a real nice end cap to the game. And then it would have been, you know, like, I can imagine being a kid being like, what? There's a whole different, like, <laughs> mode yeah. here with that's, more levels? That's me. I mean, <laughs> uh,
1: until we started doing research for this episode, I didn't know that I had only played the easy mode and that... that wasn't the the full game well I didn't know either it it... felt like a full game to me and you know then unlocking the 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 2d fighter mode I was like man this game's got so much I didn't I didn't feel like I needed more yeah it wasn't until I looked at the soundtrack that I was like holy crap yeah there's a lot more to this than I thought yeah I definitely need to go back and play the normal mode now
0: well speaking of the normal version let's actually listen to the boss theme for Valgo the artistic murderer that was the stage five boss theme on normal mode called Valgo the Artistic Murderer, composed by Hiroshi Kuronuma, Naoki Tsuchiya and Hideki Sato for The Adventures of Little Ralph.
1: I, first off, I, I really like that title. Uh, I, I don't know if that's a, you know, we've we've seen a lot of uh, composers say that they have no idea who named the the, the themes of the songs, and but I like that that, it's, that he's not just like a savage monster. Like there's there's an art form. That, that there's there's something to it that's not just. Uh, he's an artistic murderer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, uh, there's he's, he's got the class.
0: Well, he could have killed you right in the beginning, but he just decided, I'm going to turn you into a kid instead. Why not? Yeah. yeah, because that's a little more artistic. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and we wouldn't have had a game to play. <laughs> <laughs> See, he
2: did it all for us. Uh, this, this track is uh, quite interesting. First of all, the track names, to kind of go with what you're saying, these are all coming from in-game that okay, okay. there is a soundtrack or a sound test that you can go through and all the track titles are actually listed there. So we're not just coming up with these, you know, uh, and they're not just part of like a CD compilation. This is actually uh, what they're titled in the game. And I find it interesting that they gave it two different unique tracks for the same, essentially the same fight. Right. Um, the first one does feel more of like an ending. You know, You mm-hmm. like Gene was saying, you know, you could have ended it right there and it would have been fine. This though is like, like a it's almost got like a dance to it like a like i don't want to say like streets of rage in the sense of the the music but like almost like a you know you're going back alley or through a casino or something you're hearing music playing in the background like beverly hills cop or you know something's (laughs) going on
1: yeah No, it definitely had a different feel, and I I think that was really clever of them to keep that in mind when deciding to make a game. It's kind of like Double Dragon, that if you don't play it on the hardest mode, you're not getting the full experience, but you also don't feel cheated. Like, when you finish Double Dragon on easy, you are there's like, oh, you got this far do it again, but right, on hard right. mode, if you want to d- see the end. Right, you Double Dragon 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And uh, I, I think that kind of leads to um, the soundtrack. I mean, maybe it was a completely conscious decision by the composer being like, oh, this is a, we have an opportunity to make another track that will lead you on further into the game.
0: Let's, let's completely change it up. Maybe They didn't, it wasn't, right. they didn't you know. have to do that at all. I mean, they could have just played that last track and continued the game on, but they made exactly. it made sense to step yeah. the energy down a little bit to be like, yeah, okay. So And then when, when the level's over, they're like, okay, so there's more after this.
1: Yeah, you kind of caught up to him and then you, you, you're probably feeling like you're doing pretty good. And then the boss is supposed to make you feel like... Kind of beat you down a little yeah. bit. Beat your spirits down. It, it's funny because there's something... Like listening to this song out of context, there was something about it that just I picked up on that dance feel uh, right away and I just could not get the picture out of my head of like Valgo like you catch up to him and you know he's like this like naked looking dude and then he just like puts on this like 90s dance club outfit and then there's like fog machine oh, he puts on like a like a like dance a fish fight shirt yeah is. he just like puts on like this dance fight like you don't know what you're up against type yeah. thing and, and i just couldn't get it out of my head and i just thought it was so funny
2: uh you know every time i drive uh and listen to this soundtrack because i've been listening kind of the last few weeks uh off and on through the car and i hear this track and i i immediately start dancing with it i'm like mm-hmm. dun 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 Dun, 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 dun. And uh, I just, anytime a, a track can make me want to sing along to it, there's something special there. I think. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about the track names and uh, they actually got moved over into the physical, well, semi-physical release of the soundtrack. So the Adventures of Little Ralph original soundtrack, kind of like Neural Gear, was released 10 years after the game came out in mm-hmm. 2009 by Egg Music. This was a digital only release, so that's why it's not exactly a physical copy but you could right. download the whole because it came
1: out so late <laughs> yeah it, <laughs> it came out so digital late. downloads were a thing <laughs>
2: that was the thing so one track is about hyakuen like 100 yen so about a buck or you could buy the full album for twenty two thousand or 2200 yen which is like tw- like 23 bucks 24 mm-hmm. bucks something like that and that includes all 122 tracks
1: yeah yeah, so that's, that's definitely you get your money's it, worth. Yeah.
2: yeah, so there's 61 tracks, 61 tracks for just the instrumental mode. And then the PSG is the full 61 again in its own style. And so definitely, if you if you can pick up the album, it's totally it's totally worth it. And um, I plan on purchasing it myself. I think uh, hearing it because th- he's doing the recording. Um, I think Haley actually put this together. He's doing the recording through the PlayStation hardware. So mm-hmm. like what we're hearing is not emulate. It's actually um, the real, the real right. deal. And uh, that's the cool thing about A uh, music. They try to keep everything as, as real and true as they can they try to avoid any kind of emulation or anything like that. Yeah. I and- should, I should really do a write up sometime on how to purchase music from, yeah. uh, for non-Japanese people because oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's really a, a pain in the ass. Until you get it going, and then once you have
0: it all set up and kind of dialed in, it actually works. There's so much money to just blow on music. Oh it's, yeah, it's, it's great. But they do such a great job. Egg Music has been an invaluable resource, and like they're really, really good about trying to be comprehensive and getting like what is every possible version of this soundtrack we can get. It's not just like, well, here's you know the album, throw it up there. Right.
1: Oh yeah, you get a lot of games that are released with you know a uh, like an add-on. Like you buy the game and it comes with a, a CD, but it's like five tracks of like the 60 some tracks that are on the game and uh, so it's really neat to see that they're like this is everything that you could possibly want and really hearing how many tracks are, 122, that really makes it clear like what we were talking about with the decision to make the two versions of the basically the same part in the game it's just one was the end and what was like the middle part uh it just made it clear that they really wanted to jam this thing with music they they put like, a lot of love into the the audio department for sure yeah and even making the quote-unquote psg version was just extra work that they didn't have to do right but they did so it was really neat yeah so egg
2: music uh totally awesome in fact uh Haley, do you know uh Vork? He, he he's the guy that kind of puts this. He He's kind of in charge. He's the the chip tune dude, the guru of of Japan. He's the one that kind of brings uh, that, you know, that scene kind of back into the masses. And he's, mm-hmm. he's a really nice guy. We got to get him on an episode. And, oh. and I've told him about expansion packs. He's like, oh, God, I got I to be on for that. I was like, All right. We'll, we'll make it happen. Awesome. Anyways, let's get in some more music. The next track we're going to play is from stage six. It's called The Great Battleship, Queen Desta. Alright, that was from stage six, titled The Great Battleship, Queen Desta, composed by Hiroshi, Kuronuma, Naokitsuchia, and Hideki Sato. What'd you guys think?
1: That was very epic. It was very big and grand. I thought it was very cool.
0: I loved it when it kicked it up to the next level with all of the different percussion coming in and the the heavy sweeping pads. It just really uh, took it took a great track up and I loved it. Yeah, I I don't want to
2: reference Lunar again, but I can't <laughs> help it because those high horns just harken back to the Silver Star story, and mm-hmm. and then there's those stabs too. It's just like reminds it. I wonder if they were just like, man, we love Lunar. How are we gonna kind of hint this in? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's a coincidence. But I I really like this track. I thought there's great energy, and I think it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Well, even like the the title, the Great Battleship, like it feels like an RPG. Like it's it's so everything's so big. Like and it's and since these are the track titles that are taken out of the game, it's like they thought about this and this was I don't know. There was so much attention to detail in this game that I thought was so cool. Yeah. So uh, real quick, I kind of want to take a sidestep here. When this
2: game uh, when this game was released, New Corporation held a high-score contest. So what what this means is you'd play the game, submit your scores, and you could win a bunch of different prizes. So mm-hmm. first place was an iMac. And uh, second place was an MD player, kind of like a boombox for mini-discs. Mm-hmm. And then the third place was a, uh, an MD Walkman, a mini-disc Walkman. And I uh, just want to say congrats to Gentaro-san for getting a high score of uh, 100... Jesus,
0: what number is that? It looks like 16,700,000 yeah. points.
1: Yeah. Dang. Yeah, he had to put those, uh, those commas in there. Commas too. in there. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, there's <laughs> too many so zeros. I can't so even read numbers.
2: that. Thanks, Gene, for uh, adding those commas in. Yeah, 16,700,000 points for winning... Nice, fancy new Blueberry iMac
1: yeah. uh, on his desk,
2: so uh, congrats to you.
1: Yeah, um, well, I loved it when, when games did stuff like that. I remember as a kid having Vector Man uh, on the Sega Genesis, and right on the front of the box, it said, like, I win like $10,000 or something. And yeah. when we did that episode, I don't remember exactly what you had to do to win. It may have just been be the first person to beat the game or something. And like, like submit a code yeah, or something. So yeah. At the end of the at the end of the credits there was like a code that was specific to that cartridge. And it was just so crazy to think that back then they would do so much for you to get to you to play your games and then nowadays you buy a game for $60 and they don't even give you the full game. Like, <laughs> they want you to spend another $120 in DLC. And Yeah, no, I,
2: I, I know what you mean. I, I kind of miss those days of, you know, having contests and, yeah. and winning. Yeah, there's some leaderboard stuff in games nowadays, but it doesn't have the same, you know, it's not like a, like, you know, Drop the drop the ball running, you know. It's it's yeah. doesn't have that same kind of feel. I guess. Yeah,
1: it gets yeah. you to want to buy the game right away because you're in the stores and you see, oh wow, Vector Man's got a contest. I can win ten thousand dollars. I need to get this game now so I can be the one that wins. And you know, now it's I don't know. It's it, of course it was a marketing thing, but at the same time, you know, it's memorable.
0: I mean, yeah. Yeah. every game has a leaderboard. It's like cool. This person is like the top in the world. That's nice. Counter Strike Go, awesome. yeah. yeah like,
2: man props but this mm-hmm. was like if you i mean 16 million points i don't remember how many points i had but i don't <laughs> yeah. think it was even like a tenth of that yeah so that uh, person
1: was collecting all them scary fruit
2: yeah this they is <laughs> they're getting
1: every all the paths that were dangerous i mean and and that is a pretty good amount of money to drop on a you know a brand new computer for someone just to get them to play your game yeah i mean yeah. well, like here's a free soundtrack or here's like
0: a, here's a free <laughs> boxing game <laughs> yeah here's a free like map yeah I want to actually talk about the scoring mechanic because we haven't gotten a chance to talk about it yet. It's really cool. So every level, you get five minutes. And usually stages have like two or three parts. And every time the stage moves over, you'll get another five minutes. So you have a total of 10 minutes to beat the whole first stage, 1-1 and 1-2. So that's one of the things that they do for the score. You know, if you take two minutes, then you get eight minutes total to beat the remaining half. And so that's... There's that, there's all the collection of fruit, there's the various different, sometimes it's just like gold coins scattered around. Mm-hmm. Right. There's super secret areas that'll have like a, a graphic of an X 68,000. You pick those up, you get 68,000 points. Yeah. I found one of those and I was like, what is that? Oh, 68,000 points. It looks like a computer. That's probably what that was. Yeah. yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, it's 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 really funny because on the official website
2: that's now done by Colavier, uh they have a a section where they they talk about the scoring. And they mention that some of the bosses, or they mention the scoring that you get for some of the bosses. You know, like certain enemy that you kill will give you um, a 1,000 points or one will give you 5,000 points. And (laughs) there's one section, it's very tongue-in-cheek, but they say like, here's a boss that is called like it's called like the 2000 point boss or something mm-hmm. like that when you kill it you actually get no points why because they they found that there's a bug in the game that the the makers found that there's a bug in the game where it actually doesn't give you any points so <laughs> so they're like oh well i guess uh we screwed up it was probably people going for this contest they're like why didn't that give me any points yeah. and they, they brought it up but of course you don't have patches so you can't fix it so it's like well that's that's part of the experience well and
1: it's fair for everyone too so it's not like anyone else got points yeah yeah yeah. anyways let's get into some more
2: tunes james i think you're up next
1: yeah next up we have another boss theme it's called Farica, the sad goddess and this is the psg version You just heard ferrica the sad goddess, which is the stage seven boss for the adventures of Little Ralph. The bass on this one is very,
2: very punchy, mm-hmm. very rolly.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I it mean, has like a very pop kind of feel to it. Almost like a, it gave me almost like an emo-ish. It had a sad feel, but it had like this poppy, like, like uh, cotton candy emo feel to it. And, uh, and then there was that part in the middle where it sounded like almost like dial-up internet like like <laughs> the 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 sound like wasn't loading fast enough and just... it, it, like it was like it was around the loop the on, let's, yeah. lo- let's
2: hear that again real quick let's see like i think it's around the minute minute mark
0: yeah it's almost <laughs> like
1: your your modem is like trying to pull down some information <laughs>
0: Yeah, that bass solo, where did that come from?
1: I don't know. Do you want to hear that in the instrumental version? Yeah. Let's see how that sounds. (laughs) Yeah, see, I'm I'm really curious about the instrumental version for this one because I thought this track also had some of that dissonance where things almost sound a little out of tune. So I'm curious as to how it sounds. Yeah, let's take a listen. Uh, We'll kind of skip ahead to that part.
2: So that actually sounded very coherent, yeah. and you could hear all of the notes. And I think when the the PSG version just kind of muddles them all together, because mm-hmm. there's not like a lot of disconnect. Maybe maybe some of the um, the dynamics are are lost, and so you just kind of get this like like whirlwind of, of sound. It yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I liked it still
1: anyway. Well, and I'm really happy too that uh, I'm, I'm sure that when they were making the this uh, like PSG ty- type version that. They were like, oh, it doesn't quite have the same feel, but instead of making it have that feel, they kind of stayed a little bit more true-ish, maybe, to what it would have sounded like. They're like, oh, we have to put limitations on it, or yeah. else this is going to become something more modern than, than what it already is. Yeah, uh, smoke
2: and mirrors aside, they're like, yeah, you still got to kind of tone it down a little bit. All right, so we've kind of mentioned all the different facets of the game. Uh, let's talk about the graphics a little bit. It's something we haven't brought up yet, and I think the game is gorgeous.
1: Oh yeah, and one of the things too that right off the bat you're like, okay, this is a sprite based game, and it's it feels very much like the games you'd play on the Super Nintendo or stuff like that. But the level of detail and like th- realism, I guess, uh, the style is so advanced. It's so crazy. Like it's not just flat buildings. They're not just you know seeing them from the full profile. There's things that are in perspective and lots of color variation it's is really cool so even like that quote-unquote psg type stuff there's a lot of smoke and mirrors that make this a lot more modern than maybe what you could have gotten on a super nintendo or a
0: genesis yeah there's a lot of depth so in the beginning you're playing through the town and they do this thing throughout the game where you kind of go inside buildings and then go out and it transitions to a new scene so seamlessly you're like whoa first i was looking at a cathedral now i'm looking at a forest and then it's It, it right, just does right. a really great job of not feeling overwhelming, so it kind of goes from less detailed to more detailed, and there's so much depth, and, like, I'm not usually a person that notices the graphics on 2D games, but every new area, I was like, whoa, look at the ice area backgrounds with all of the giant sort of pillars and everything, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, like, buildings in the background, there's sort of, like, almost Christmassy, but in a creepy way, right? and... So, even the very first level with the town just has so much detail. I stopped and just admired it for a little while, mm-hmm. actually.
2: yeah. I, I like even the uh, the attention to detail in like the forest, where you have the the kind of sunbeams kind of breaking through mm-hmm. the trees and causing this little kind of glint of, of sunshine in a very dark place. and like everything like the animation for for Ralph is very fluid. I, I, I always give it the the ladder test, and whenever a character is on a ladder. Or even on a rope swing, mm-hmm. watching the the amount of frames that they put into the actual animation sequence is always something that you know I kind of keep an eye on. And him kind of moving up and down the ladders, there's so many different variations of how yep. he moves around and shuffles. And I think that that makes it seem so much more alive.
1: Yeah, you know? and it's funny that you say that because I remember when I was playing it, uh, that was I was playing it right around the time that I first started getting into speedrunning. So like my mindset was like how can you do things faster and climbing ropes and ladders you can actually do really really fast in this game you do like a jump and you can just like keep flipping up and right, you, right, you right, like right. just fly right up ladders and, and ropes it's really cool uh, so it was really neat to see that it, that there's so much to just the the way that the, the game was programmed and how it interacts with the background that it feels so fluid it was really neat
2: yeah and let's not forget the Kind of look and feel to the two D fighter, that actually is mm-hmm. very clean as well, and I think it stacks up against maybe some of the early uh, or maybe like like Street Fighter One. It kind of has that look to it, mm-hmm. but it, it behaves a lot more like Street Fighter Two. But I think that um, the the graphic actually maybe more like a Final Fight or something. Yeah, like or that. Yeah, like Art of like, Fighting. Yeah, or Art of something, Fighting. Yeah. Something, something like that. Yeah,
1: it's yeah. really good detail, like anatomy, uh, the movement, uh, and and that and that's funny because. His his jumping animations, even though there's a lot
2: of frames of animation there, they still went in to make it look kind of like an awkward jump. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. So it's, so it feels almost like a like a Mario jump. Like his legs are kind of like bang. You yeah. know, like that, very unnatural, but it's very animated at the same time.
1: No, I mean the the attention to the detail was great. Uh, one of the things too with talking about games that are very complex looking, uh, a lot of times you can get like, like characters can get lost or. Different things you're trying to collect can get bit, like kind of visually, muddy. Yeah, yeah, muddy. Yeah. But they did a really good job of keeping the backgrounds very detailed, but in a range to where the the contrast wasn't as high. Yeah. So like it was still very colorful, lots going on, lots of detail, but whenever you're in front of it, it's,
0: it's not like you disappear. Yeah, yeah, there were never any points where I felt like that caused any issues. Like, there were maybe two or three points where I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it was a platform. But it's never over a pit or something that's going to cause a death. And you figure it out so quickly that you don't even notice. The vast majority of it, yeah, it's really great contrast between foreground and background. And there's a, there's a really nice flow to this game. I mean, it's designed with speed running in mind. But in general, you can sort of run forward and, and attack and jump without stopping... At Probably all, right. like 70% of the game, mm-hmm. w- except for like some of the harder tricky jumps and things like that. And it was designed with that kind of thing in mind because I think they really are like, let's do this 2D thing and polish it to a mirror shine. Let's take all of the ideas from games that have come before and really just do take it to its limit. Some well, of the, well said. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some of the um, like secret areas rely on there's this one in the sewer level where you have to hit an enemy, but instead of killing it, you like let it do damage, so you bounce off to the side, which is like, oh right, because mm-hmm. we have those stun animations, you kind of get knocked back, and then you get to a secret area with a bunch of bonus points. I, I like replayed that area like three or four times to try to figure out yeah, why am I not there. making that jump? Yeah, <laughs> and I think that the
2: the uh, you know kind of the look and the graphic style, the most important thing for us today is that it still holds up so beautifully. Like, you can pick up this game, and this would be... I mean, they could release this as an indie title for people who didn't know that this was, you know, done in 1999, and I guarantee it would fly off the shelves. If this made it on, like, the Switch or PS4, I think it would do really, really well. Or even even iOS. Maybe they can even figure that out somehow.
1: Yeah. It's funny. While you were talking about, like, the whole, like, being able to move quickly and how it feels like it was designed like that, I actually looked on speedrun.com, and there is uh, there is a run submitted. Of, there's one run uh, and it, so it's, uh, four hours and 11 minutes by someone that's, uh, C, uh, 19,000. And, uh, it was only five months ago. So, wow. That someone has, has stumbled upon it and they used, um, PSTV to do it. So, oh, yeah. uh, so it's kind of sure. neat that, um four hours really that long? I feel like
0: it could be done faster.
1: Yeah, I mean, may, sometimes you, you will see people that will play through a game and they'll just submit it. There's no other right, it's right, like right, a, right. a free world record. But yeah. Uh, yeah, four hours probably sounds pretty extreme.
2: All right. uh, I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyways, let's get into some more
2: music. This is from Stage 8 and this is the boss theme uh, called Boss Change. And this is where the the final boss kind of changes its form. And the track is titled Destorosa. track was titled Destorosa, which is the uh, stage 8 boss change or boss transformation track composed by Hiroshi Kuronuma, Naoki Tsuchiya and Hideki Sato for The Adventures of Little Ralph on the PlayStation.
1: Wow, what a change from the the, the very very beginning of that track is you know not not too intense. And then right, <laughs> just, it's just like you just fired a pistol and everything just took off racing. Yeah, my just,
0: ears are still ringing. Yeah. Compare that to the first track, which is like happy town theme. And we've got yeah. like this cheese yeah. grater bass and you don't think it can get any more energetic. And they just keep adding more on top yeah. of that track. Uh, it's, it's pretty intense. <laughs> um, do you want to hear the
1: PSG version? Just a little? I'm, I'm curious yeah. how it translates. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I feel like this could probably translate pretty you well. You think so?
2: All right. Let's take a listen. pretty cool actually (laughs) yeah I mean
1: it definitely loses some of the intensity but I think that's actually a good thing for Uh, this track that uh, that, uh, the the normal orchestral version was just really 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 intense. yeah it was hard (laughs) yeah
0: Uh, all right so let's move on to our next track Gene what do you got so the next track we have is Mount Etona from The Adventures of Little Ralph Mount Atona from The Adventures of Little Ralph composed by Hiroshi Kuronuma, Naoki Suchia and Hideki Sato. I love this track. The first part sounds
2: like it should be in a shooter though. Mm-hmm. It really has like a I don't know, like a, like a gunbird feel or something to it.
1: Yeah, there's a, there was like almost three parts. I felt like there was the the very very beginning and then there was the transition to what the song became. And the, the, with a walking bass and yeah, everything. Yeah. And and for a second I was like, okay, cool, this is really cool. And then it gave me this feeling like I was about to watch uh like the attract mode on a really early three D fighter uh like
0: <laughs> where <laughs> what? You, know,
1: you know like how they're always like uh, showing off the motion capture on the really ugly uh, polygons. Yeah, 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 but it's yeah. like really kind of dancy and like exciting and energetic and then it kinda transitioned into something a little bit different. So uh, the track was was very cool. I did like this this one a lot It felt very grand and big and and beautiful at the same time And really it really makes me sad to see that the names weren't broken out because in this soundtrack We're seeing a lot of different styles like there's there's some tracks that maybe if you put them side by side don't really seem like they come from the same game and I'm wondering if that was by choice, or maybe different composer, different styles. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. So, I, I mean, there's a lot of in this game that feels like it was done very, very
0: specifically. Right. Uh, I'd so. love to know the division of labor, because some songs, it's like, yeah, these three or four are kind of in the same genre, but since there's so much music, it's like, did they have one person compose and say, okay, you do the PSG one, right. but like, do these 30 PSG ones? Like, right. there, it, There's so much variation in the music that there's really no way to tell. Yeah, it could have been, too, with the
2: PSG, that it was just like... Okay, we have a driver that swaps out the the you know the guitar sounds with this tone and this ton- mm. and they probably didn't do any work at all or you know I, it, it's hard to know until we you know get a hold of one of these guys which so far been unsuccessful uh, we're not gonna know but yeah uh, it's a good point that you bring that up it's it's a very distinct uh, difference between a lot of these tracks and it, saying it was all one person would be remarkable you know yeah. having that much diversity in a a soundtrack
1: well and even hearing how good some of the psg versions sound uh, makes me wonder if even some of those could have been the original song and then expanded more like how the industry was kind of doing with you know remaking games like all right let's bring it to this new you know full orchestra sound and it's i don't know maybe that could have been part of it too but uh all in all this game is just it's full of so many surprises. Yeah. So it's so funny to me, you know, uh, we're talking about the PSG and
2: st- the PSG first and, You know, this is originally designed for the sharp X 68,000, right? Yeah. There's no PSG on the sharp X 68,000. <laughs> so even then it was weird. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny that they, they carry, <laughs> there's so many oddities in this game that I, I, I just love it. I yeah. love every bit of it. Uh, so let's kind of talk about the, uh, our thoughts. I, I, I mean, we've we've been saying our thoughts the entire episode.
0: I loved it, and I think you guys would agree. Yeah, you know, I totally I, loved it. I wasn't that excited when you said, "Oh, you guys, you have to play this game." I'm like, "Well, whatever." It's another like generic you blew action. me off for like a week, dude. And <laughs> I, well, pretty much. And then I started playing it. I'm like, "Yeah, I can totally see why we're doing this episode." It's tough to to surprise me or or get me excited about a 2D platformer, especially one that's like 20 years old. This one delivers. It's a great game. That's yeah. like you
1: just tell me it's a 2D platformer
0: that's 20 years old, and I get more excited. <laughs> I was like, well, yes. I know, <laughs> but it's like how many of them have I played? I feel like there's nothing else that they could do. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen it all. I, I've seen all the good stuff anyway. Yeah. yeah, and and this one was totally out of left field, and it was it was definitely one of those underrated classics that I wish I had discovered a long time ago.
2: Yeah, yeah, and well,
0: a lot somebody... of people, yeah, a lot of people are.
1: Uh, you know, realizing that and, and trying to get their hands on it, too. Yeah, yeah I was actually uh, looking it up because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm always curious as to how much things are going for. And, uh, you know, because my PlayStation can do Japanese games. So uh, it's actually almost $400 for a copy of this game. That's with, you know, the case and the artwork. I, I and can I, see
2: it. I can see it.
1: Yeah. And I saw, you know, people were, had just the disc to sell. And those were going for around $100 as well. So I mean, there are people out there that understand the value of this game, and that could just be uh, a limited press, or it could also be that people that have played it are like, "Wow, this game is really good," and no one's really heard of it. It, You know, these prices fluctuate all the time.
2: You know, but I think they're just going to go up because these games are getting older, and they their, you know, fidelity is you know degrading, and and it's just. They're not going to be around, yeah. You know, well, just look in at circulation. Um, they're, you know, some are getting lost.
1: That and- Dragon Fighter episode we did, I think, within like a six-year, four-year span, it went from, you know, like eighty dollars, hundred dollars, to like twelve hundred dollars to buy a cartridge of it, and it's like what? Like in a short period of time, people realized like how rare it was, and it just, just as retro games become more popular, it seems like people are very, very interested in collecting. And I've well, seen Well, I mean so now we people... all have jobs, like all of these kids who <laughs> yeah. lived in there. We all have jobs and we all have money now. So yeah. it's like, well, twelve hundred bucks. Uh,
2: yeah, my kid well, doesn't want to... to eat tomorrow. You hear so many
1: people that want complete collections of everything, and then you see, you know, Instagram and I, I think social media has helped uh, fuel this a little bit. You oh, got something sure, to show off, sure. but you see pictures of people that have every single color of the nintendo 64 in box with the 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 controllers in box and just like why do you need you know 15 nintendo 64s that you're not playing see i like,
2: look at that i'm like oh that's awesome that's so cool i couldn't do that myself yeah i, I, I mean like yeah. it, it's it's like a, a momentary like that is totally cool and then I don't ever want to own anything like
0: that. I've moved so many times and lived in so many small places that when I see those collections, I'm like, where would I even sleep if I, if I <laughs> <Yeah>. had <that> <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, a lot of other um, online review sites and
2: uh different you know retro gaming sites have really had positive things to say about the game too there was games collection uh which is a website that uh did a review of the game they get 9.5 out of 10 uh retro spirit games give it a 80 out of 100 and i mean these are just two that i found but i mean it seems like there's you know some fan sites people Mm -hmm. who just really adore this game and it's still in that hidden
0: i hate saying hidden gems but it's still in that that hidden gems vein yeah, yeah i saw a lot of articles that were sort of like top 20 underrated classics on the playstation one you should try out and and this definitely shows up in a lot of those kinds of lists right.
1: yeah
2: all right so let's get into uh one of our final tracks here this is called the uh end of nightmare and this is actually from the easy ending so if you if you beat the game on simple mode this is the the ending you'd hear so uh let's take a listen we'll be right back All right, that was End of Nightmare, which is the
1: easy ending for The Adventures of Little Ralph on the PlayStation. Uh, at first, this track, I was not, like, digging too much. I was like, uh, it's alright. And then there was those uh, Genesis, uh, not, not Sega Genesis, but, like, Phil Collins Genesis, <laughs> like, drums. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. I was like, wow, this is great. Like, this is a really cool track. It's really in your face, and it feels like uh, you're flying above the clouds. I mean, so it's, uh, the beginning part just felt kind of like phoned in. But yeah, I think yeah, that was part of the transition. It was like it was building up to something else. But uh, uh, if that was how it was, if I'd only listened to the very beginning of the credits and shut the game off, I'd have been like, I kind of feel like that was underwhelming. Well, you know,
2: it's funny that you mentioned flying above the clouds because one of my thoughts was like, uh, did you ever see the movie uh, Raputa, the Miyazaki film? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the little boy who's playing trumpet on the on the tower or the building that he lives in, um, it kind of reminded me of that, and it kind of jumps into this kind of like flying through the clouds. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking that exact scene. Uh, it reminded me of like the never ending Story, okay, like, yeah, yeah, flying on the, the Alcor. <laughs> a, a little bit of um, uh,
0: what Perfect Strangers, little days go by. It's yeah. it, I mean, this is like a perfect encapsulation of what I think all of us love about 80s and 90s Japanese video game music. It's sort of looking at it now it's a little odd or maybe interesting it's kind of modern games are trying to recreate this exact sound all these modern chiptune retro games old games were doing this and this is kind of like a a swan song like say goodbye to the old days and it's such a fitting like Mm -hmm. ending sound for that kind of feeling yeah oh man great uh
2: man we had a lot of music today
0: like, <laughs> and that's not looking, even yeah that's, that's like a third of it yeah it's, uh, maybe well like a third of it in terms of like the number of tracks for one version maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, oh
2: there's a lot of music in this episode this is gonna be a long episode too mm-hmm. maybe uh hit the two hour mark who knows uh anyways yeah so today we covered chipoke ralph no Daiboken, or the adventures of little ralph composed by hiroshi Kuronuma, naoki Tsuchiya, and hideki sato I had a blast, and you guys did too. I'm sure. Yeah, oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to know more about the show, where can they find us?
1: You can find us online at pixelatedaudio.com for all the show notes and track lists. You can also find us on social media. Mainly Twitter is where we're doing a lot of the stuff. Yeah. And then uh, our Discord. Don't forget about our Discord. Discord is where all the action happens. Yeah. And uh, we got some plans for doing some stuff in Discord.
2: Uh, you know, maybe a later date. and we'll, we'll figure it out as as things go. But if you like the show. Um, Please, we invite you to leave us a review on iTunes. It takes a few seconds, Um, means a lot. Send us an email, just if if you like the show, if you like the music, uh, comment on the website. That's all really awesome. If you wanna help support the show, we invite you to check our Patreon out. Uh, it's going strong, and we have a lot of support so far. But um, you know, things add up. We actually want to replace our sound system at some point uh, when we can get uh, enough funds to do that mm-hmm. and to make things a little bit easier for us and be able to record more. So, well, um, we
1: just sent in a, a microphone that needed to be repaired, and yep. so the Patreon so helped cover that. Cover that yeah. So. so,
2: thank you guys so much for supporting us this far. Um, if you're new to the show we got 98 episodes for you to go through. Yeah. So
1: we mentioned like uh dragon fighter. It was an NES game. That was a really cool one. Amazing music. Yeah. Really good um, stuff. The vector man was another really old one. Yeah. It was like uh, in the Lunar. top early 10. Yeah. Lunar, Lunar with
2: you We had him on and, yeah the guy was a riot man yeah like how often do you get a chance to hear a composer from your childhood pick up an ocarina and start
0: playing yeah oh yeah that was a fabulous episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was so, and that's so another funny. thing
1: uh, to mention about discord is that uh a lot of times if we know we were able to get a composer on ahead of time we will ask uh if you guys have questions so and, you can write in and we will ask that composer the question that you're interested
2: about and so. we may or may not have one coming up in our next episode so definitely drop by the discord and um give us a hand with some of that work (laughs) (laughs) uh we also have some news that we kind of should have brought up in the beginning of the show but it kind of makes sense to uh talk about it now so you know as we're reaching episode 100 we've done 90 99 episodes james and i Mm -hmm. um gene's been on a few episodes Mm -hmm. in the past as a guest and as we move forward into what i'm calling and maybe you guys can chime in here and crack me on the head uh I'm kind of declaring that the next, you know, from 100 plus n is going to be our kind of season two. It's gonna yeah. we're gonna change things up a little bit, it, and and hopefully in a good way. We have uh, a lot more content that we want to start putting out, but we noticed that over the last few months this year has been harder and harder for just James and I to to make all the time that we want yeah. for for doing recordings. So um, we've been talking about it for a few months now. And uh, we want to announce that we are bringing Gene on as our third
1: official member, our third host yeah. of Pixelated Audio. So yeah, and it became really apparent, I, I think, uh, that we were we were having trouble we were having trouble keeping up with the episodes. And then uh, there was the time that I got sick, and Gene filled in for me, and it just worked out perfectly. I was able to rest and. Uh, there's different things that are adding up in our lives and the show is just continuing to build so getting help with uh you know research editing all that stuff is just such a huge help and uh and you know we we like gene so much he's been on the show more than anyone else that we've ever had so and it just works out so great yeah we got a lot of good feedback about uh you being on before and so uh we're like you
2: know it just works we all snap together really mm-hmm. well so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and you'll be hearing a lot more from gene and his miniseries coming up have yeah. you announced
0: yeah. no i haven't so uh after episode 100 which unfortunately i'll probably be out of town for that one but hopefully the very first one after that 101 is going to be a solo show that i'm doing uh with a mini series where i'm covering the music of deceased composers primarily but as a way to do a spotlight on more of a history of a particular composer rather than focusing on a specific game just sort of covering the development of a, of a composer over time and i've just it, it there's so many so many competing emotions when you do episodes research right, for that kind right, of stuff right, right. it's like mm-hmm. it's very touching it's sort of like it's very inspiring you get to learn a lot about things just by doing a lot of deep research and it's been a it's been so much fun up to this point. I'm really excited to share that with you guys. And we're, we're excited about it too. We've been talking mm-hmm. about it for like a few months now. And, you know, this is, Gene will be
2: doing most of these solo, but it is kind of a collaborative effort. You know, we're all trying to, to pitch in and, and help where we can right. to make this um, a true pixelated audio kind of production thing. And so... Mm-hmm this is going to be really great. I think for us kind of moving forward with the show, um, you know, some episodes it'll be just me and James or just me and Jean or Jean and James, or just one of us solo. Um, but that way we can keep putting out good content and, um, you know, stay fresh. Jean brings, I think, um, you know, James has the very artistic approach to uh, a lot of, you know, his explanations of the music. And we've got a lot of feedback on that. My more maybe technical stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, kind of views on the uh you know development side and uh it's kind of the holy trinity with gene on the more composition and um understanding like kind of musical aspects that we've always kind of been missing a little bit in pixelated audio yeah so.
1: I, I i always wanted to learn more about music but i just i don't have so much time so there's only so many times you guys can listen to me say like it, it reminds me of terminator or uh,
0: like it, it you
1: know it, yeah. I, it's like a you know theatrical production or something but uh that's that's one of the things that i definitely also thought was kind of missing from the show a little bit and uh i'm really excited to see where this season two really goes so
2: okay so you're gonna roll with the season two yeah like i'm that. fine with it yeah
1: yeah
2: <laughs> i you know I'm sure whatever anyways Thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we had a lot of fun today. I hope you enjoyed the music. If you want to listen to the soundtrack, you can purchase it at Egg Music. We'll leave a link in the show notes. Uh, The track taking us out, this is the normal ending called Little Hero's Story, and it's the PSG version composed by Hiroshi Kuronuma, Naokitsuchiya, and Hideki Sato. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you back in a few weeks for the next episode. that we need an intro person
0: so who wants to do the intro Oh,
1: i forgot we didn't do that maybe gene
0: gene all right let's do it all right this is pixelated audio episode 99 featuring the music from the adventures of little ralph on the playstation try to say that again but Mm -hmm. less robotic all right this is pixelated audio episode 99 featuring the music from the adventures of little ralph on the sony playstation i don't know how you made it sound more robotic (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)